everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio. <laughs> <laughs> she just lets me jump when she does that. <laughs> and then she laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Welcome to the Golden Ratio podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. Hello, GR Dad. Hi. How is it going? It's 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 crazy. It's uh, We're improvising here. This is Tuesday offbeat bonus episode. No rules. No rules. No rules. <laughs> do whatever the heck like we want. the mildest it. use of no rules. I know. Like, I'm still wearing pants. Like, <laughs> come on. We can also do whatever the heck we want on the other podcast, too. So it's not like there's like some corporate entity keeping us in line. The man is keeping me down. Though Audible is our sponsor, audibletrail.com slash the golden ratio. Get a free audiobook, support the podcast. All right, corporateness taken care of. Jeez. You can also just send I'm, us a I'm getting whiplash dollars. from this. The man is keeping me down. And thanks, man. <laughs> the man. Just send us a million dollars, please, to 1107 Key Plaza, number 202 Key West, Florida, 33040. Not in quarters. It won't fit in the mailbox. I will accept it in quarters. True, but that's a truck. Fine. I will get a truck. Truck full. Sounds good. All right. Send us quarters. We will... Turn them into waffles. <laughs> Chief Brody's standing behind your dad with the donut in his mouth. Oh, he just dropped the donut. He looked very alert. Here he comes. Hi, it's TV. It's a stuffed donut. It's not an eat donut. No. It's a chew donut. It has lasted much longer than an actual donut it, would have. It wins the prize for chew toy longest yeah. to survive. Yeah. Everybody's a big fan of the donut. It's got ropes inside of it. It's mm-hmm. got like, I mean, it's very tough. Yeah. Okay, so this is our not regular podcast. Yeah. Someone had asked me to tell the bad date story from the live show. Hmm. You should hold out and get some money for that or something. <laughs> Please send us quarters to 1107 Key Plaza, <laughs> number 202, Key West Florida, 33040. Most importantly, I think everyone should know that you're like punched in the face today. Yeah. Normally, I would say and that it for wasn't the other, me. <laughs> it was not you. I was uh, I was sitting on the couch, and I was trying to pet CBGB, and Guac was kind of standing in between us, and so I took the ball out of Guac's mouth and I threw it, and Guac just levitated with much force straight upwards. However, my chin was directly above his head, so he just full forcedly thrust himself into my chin, knocked my teeth together. Fortunately, my tongue was not in the way. Didn't crack any teeth. Ugh. Gave me a little bit of a headache. We should do some tr- some measurements and some tricks with him because you know how there's that thing on Twitter with the dog jumping over that like six-foot fence? <laughs> yeah, that's a good propeller one. Propeller tail. <laughs> a saluki. Yeah. I bet you Guac could clear some serious... Height, although boy, do we not want him to we understand. We do not that. want him to do that. We cannot extend our fence. His previous foster said he easily jumped a four foot fence at their house, and we only have a four foot fence in front. Yeah, and he's got spikies on it. I don't want him to do Mm-mm. that. I don't want him to even think about it. So, no, forget it. We'll remain him. ignorant. We can't teach him anything because he can use anything to escape. I was like, maybe we'll teach him to dig, but no, 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 he'll dig under the no. fence. <laughs> we taught him to swim, and then he now he swims to the neighbors. <laughs> Great. Walk, behave. Teach him to fly. He'll fly away. He's laying on his side under the table, chomping on, what does he have? Something wrong. Tennis ball, I think. Yep. Yep. Okay. Bad date story. 
Are okay. you going to tell yours? It's not as bad as no, mine. No, mine's dumb. You, you go. So this is the bad date story that I told at the live shows. Uh, obviously, before I met GR Dad, we haven't had any really bad dates. I don't think so. What, you and me? Yeah. With each other? Yeah. No, they're all good by definition. Yeah. Well, I mean, our first date, our first date was like, I thought, great. And then GR Dad didn't give me a smooch at the end. I was anticipating, so that was sort of disappointing. I don't know if you want to smooch me. I'm mean, like a smooch people. I'm literally wildly. like standing in front of him with my face turned up at his face, telling him what a nice time I had. I think I shook your hand. <laughs> I think you did. I might have. <laughs> I think I gave you a hug. In, uh, in my defense. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell. Uh, how uh, I remember it is, is a hug. <laughs> Also, the date where we got engaged, uh, the beginning of that date, I decided to break up with GR Dad. That's a terrible, this is a terrible story. Because like nine months before, he had said, oh, I definitely want to get married, but I'd really like to propose in the right way. And I kept every couple months, I'd be like, are you going to, are we going to get married? Because you said, and he's like, oh yeah, no, I just. I got some more details. And I'm like, here's a Blue Nile link, buy a heckin' ring and get this shit done. I had already proposed, just in case anyone's like, why is GR mom so traditional? I had proposed a year into our relationship and GR dad said no. So this is two years later. He's assuring me that we will get engaged and he just wants some time so he can do a dramatic classical proposal. And I'm like, if that's what you want, it's fine. Nine months pass. And I was like, okay, we're out at, we're out at dinner. Every time we'd gone to dinner in those nine months, I'd been like, is he going to do it now? He's not going to do it now. Is he going to do it now? He's not going to do it now. And we're out at dinner and I'm like, he's never going to do it. He just has straight up lied to me and I've bought it for nine months. Uh, I'm breaking up with him tomorrow. And then he proposed that night. Yeah. That was a very topsy-turvy date. I will not say it was bad. Well, yeah. It's yeah. Terrible story is what it is. It's a great story. No way, it's awful. Because <laughs> I had no idea I was going to get ditched. Yeah, well. Dumped. Good timing. Killed. I mean, if I had been like the next day, like, Jaredad, we're breaking up because you're not proposing, you probably would have got your shit together. I guess you could have been like, okay, bye. Maybe. <laughs> but you probably would have been like, oh. sorry, sorry that took so long. Somewhere in between y- your immediate action and my almost never action it should have been faster than nine months i admit <laughs> anyway okay the bad date is jared and i those are the two only troubled dates we've ever had uh and they both worked out pretty well the bad date story from the pod or from the live show though is pre-jared dad um so as you know if you've listened to the podcast a lot i was married in my early 20s for a couple of years um got divorced right after I finished my PhD. So I got married right when I started my PhD. I got uh, divorced four years later, right when I finished my PhD. And then was like, I'm not dating anybody for a while. I did have a couple like bad rebound, whatever you want to call them, things. They were stupid ideas. Date-ish things. Date-ish things. I mean, relationship-ish things that were bad very bad oh. as most reboundy things are you should tell the story of like that your birthday dinner where you and whoever you were there with like didn't talk at all yeah i and mean that, that, was, seemed, that was my too. 21st birthday was i think awful. we've told that on the podcast that is the saddest story that wasn't even a like 
bad date breakup story. That was like my boyfriend, and he was pissed off at me, and so he just didn't talk to me. That, that is terrible. It was my 21st birthday, absolutely my worst birthday. That might be the We went to the Olive one. Garden for dinner. That might be worse than... See, that's not bad in and of itself, but he treated you like such an asshole. Yeah, well, he's dead now, so... You know... <laughs> I have nothing to do with it. I mean, I live in fear of these things. <laughs> okay, so the bad date. So I, you know, so I got divorced. I had a couple bad kind of rebounding relationships, and I was like, okay, so staying single for a while. And then uh, after a few years of staying single, I was like, okay, like maybe we should go have human contact again. And so I was doing some online dating. We? You and you? The royal we? <laughs> the royal we, me and myself. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, I had a couple dogs at the time, so they yeah, were allowed fair. to come. In fact, totally. they were involved in this date. Totally fair. So I was doing some online dating, uh, found a profile of this guy who seemed interesting, um, lived in Chevy Chase, which is a quite hoity-toity suburb of Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, I, at the time, was a professor but could not have afforded to live in Chevy Chase, and he had a very nice house in Chevy Chase, which... I've pointed out in the live show, I don't really care about the house or the money. Barb Nelson was at the first live show, and after I made the point several times that I really didn't care about the house, she said, seems like you really care about the house, Jen, because <laughs> I kept bringing it up. But like the, I mean, that house that he had probably cost, even at the time, a million and a half dollars. And I don't really care about money, but the fact that there's someone in their like early 30s who can afford a house that costs a million and a half dollars is some sort of signifier that they're like working hard, probably. I mean, they could have inherited a bunch of money, I guess, but you know, doing something ambitious and working hard, which is something that I do value. I don't care if you're making a lot of money, but the fact that like you work hard and care about what you're doing and are being successful, like that's a thing that I do and that I value. And so, so that's a good sign. His profile said he was a nurse. And so I'm like, he must be some, like a nurse anesthetist, like some really specialized kind of nursing field where you, you know, can have a very successful career, even though you're relatively young. Um, there are these pictures of him doing this like crazy yoga, kind of like these one handed planks. Like, I don't even know physically how it was possible to do that stuff. Again, not that I especially care about the yoga, but I like people who are like way into the stuff that they're into. And so I was like, all right, well, I am not into yoga, but like, cool that you're so into it that like you're posting these pictures of things that seem pretty hard to do. So we kind of messaged back and forth. And I was like, yeah, you know, I have a couple dogs. There are pictures of me and my dogs in my profile. And he's like, oh, you know, I like your dogs. They're great. Uh, we should, you know, get together, you, me, and the dogs. We'll, like, walk the dogs, get some coffee. This is, like, a great first date. So regardless of the fact that this date went very, very bad, uh, taking dogs on a walk for a coffee date is a great first date idea. Because even if, like, things totally aren't working out with the other person, you still can talk about the dogs, right? So you're not stuck with these, like... Well, and you get to see how the other person reacts to the dogs, which is an important factor. For sure. I dated one guy who didn't like dogs. Uh, that was stupid. He had dogs and he didn't like dogs. Oh, no. Oh, that, this guy did not have dogs. There was a guy who had dogs but differed in his philosophy on how to treat them. Yeah, that guy wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't mean to his dogs. He was just... Right. Yeah. He was more controlled of their environment than I was. Mm -hmm. Um 
so anyway, all right, so I go to this guy. So the plan is I'm going to meet this guy at his house. We are going to go for a walk in Chevy Chase, which is like on the border with D.C. So it's like a sort of urbanized suburb, lots of places to walk to. That's the date. And it's the middle of the afternoon on like a Sunday or a Saturday or something. So I show up at his house. He comes out. And you we have the dogs, right? I have the dogs. Both of my dogs. This is Pi and K, my dogs before the current squad. And so we're walking with the dogs and we're going to this coffee place. And kind of on the way, he's telling me about how his mom had pancreatic cancer and how he was just kind of finally getting back into working because he had taken time off to take care of us. So I'm like, crap, like his mom died. He, I mean, gr- very noble that he would kind of leave work to take care of his mom he's a nurse so like that's a good thing um very heavy beginning conversation for a first date but fine so we get to the coffee place which is like a kind of local independent coffee shop and so i have the dog so i can't go in so he offers to go in and this is like november so it's a little chilly but it's still not bad outside he offers to go in he asked me what i want and i asked him to get me Uh, mocha so he goes in he comes back out with the coffees he hands me my cafe mocha and so we start walking again and I drink it and he goes so how is it and I said oh you know it's really chocolatey it's good we make it to the end of the block right I mean this coffee shop was in the middle of the block we make it to the end of the block where there's a Starbucks not where we got the coffee right second coffee shop on the block and he says hang on a second goes into the Starbucks. I have no idea what's going on. Eventually comes back out with two cups, one empty cup and one cup that's just milk, like frothed milk. And he takes my coffee away from me that he had bought at the other place, pours it into the big empty cup, pours the milk in, mixes them together and hands it back to me. And he says, it was too chocolatey, so I fixed it for you. (laughs) (laughs) And I said... I don't need you to optimize my life, which is a line that spontaneously came out of me. And even at the time in the midst of this bad date, I was like, wow, that's a really good line I just came up with and now use it on occasion. I've heard it before. You have heard it before. Uh Yeah. I mean, you've never done anything like that, but sometimes it's like I'm sitting there and I'm like, could you get me a Coke? And he's like, do you want it in a glass? Do you want it with ice? Do you want whatever? And I'm like, I don't need you to optimize my life, but just give me Coke out of the box. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, so already things were not going well. Like if you've snapped at your date within the first half hour. Yeah, but he was beat. That's weird. For sure. No, it was weird, but it was a sign that this was not going to work. A sign that you would pick up on. Yes. Yeah. So we sit down outside of the Starbucks because we can, because now we've bought stuff at the Starbucks (laughs) and we're talking now at the time I'm probably 28, I think. Um, divorced and this guy's about my age i mean i think he was maybe a year or two older but basically the same age as me and he starts telling me about how when he went to college his high school girlfriend broke up with him because they went to different colleges and so we both had suffered similar relationship trauma that was his term because i had gotten married and divorced and his high school girlfriend had broken up with him when he was 18 and i was like offended in two different directions at the same time because one my divorce was not traumatic (laughs) like uh 
you know, the guy I was married to, very nice guy, good human, bad partner for me. It was not at all traumatic. It was very clear that from the beginning that we shouldn't have gotten married, very clear that we should have got divorced. It was 100% non-contentious. Like, he basically was like, Jen, we should get divorced. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should take whatever you want. And he took half of everything. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any kids. So he took like half the dishes and the measuring spoons and the linens and moved out. And it was fine. There was no arguments. We didn't have any lawyers in the divorce. It was just, it was. Well, and you weren't pining for him either. No. Years later. No, it was very clear we should have got divorced. So there was no trauma there. At the same time, it's really offensive that you're likening breaking up with your 18-year-old high school girlfriend when you go to college to me getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are not the same thing. He still was pining uh, for his girlfriend. He was. He I had know. talked quite a bit about the trauma of breaking up with his high school girlfriend. Ugh. <sighs> okay. Red flags. Red flags there's, all over the place. There's just like a parade of red flags. Horrible red flags. So we finished the coffee, and then he wants to go to a video store. So this is dating how long ago this date was. There were still video stores. Was it a blockbuster? <laughs> it was like a local indie video store, but oh, still. So much cooler than blockbuster. It was not cool at all. Uh, and I mean, it was DVDs at the time, but still. I mean, this is probably 2000. Blockbuster had DVDs. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. It was probably 2009, right? It was a while ago. Oh, my God. And the one you wanted was never in. (laughs) But go ahead. So we go to this video store, and we're walking around. For some reason, the dogs were allowed in the video store. So we're walking around, and he's like, what do you think about this movie? And I'm like, man, I'm not watching this movie with you. You get whatever (laughs) you want to watch. This date is about to be over. Yeah. So he keeps asking, keeps and I'm like, I don't care what movie you watch after I leave. Right? Um, he gets a call on his phone while we're walking around the store, and he takes it, and I obviously can only hear his side of the conversation, but he's like, hello? Yeah, hey. No. Yeah, I can't talk right now. I'm with my girlfriend. No! And in the store, I go, I'm not your girlfriend. <laughs> like, just to make sure the person on the other end can hear it. We've been on a date for like an hour at this and it's point. it's not going well. It's not going well. I am not his girlfriend. But he told the person on the phone that he was with his girlfriend. Oh, my God. So then we start, finally, he gets his video. We start walking back to his house. And I'm like, okay, we just got to get through this. And then he starts telling me about, you know, how he's glad that he's back at work. And I knew he'd just come back to work because he'd been taking care of his mom who died from pancreatic cancer. He's glad he's back at work. Um, You know, it had been a really hard transition for him because he'd been addicted to opioids for the last (laughs) couple years. But, you know, now he'd started smoking a lot of pot and that had really made it a lot easier for him. Which, like, you know, you guys do whatever you got to do. Like, she just literally, like, bolted out of the bedroom yeah. towards the front door, which is opaque. There's nothing out there. Oh, Bink. Uh, yeah, so starts telling me about how he's been addicted to opioids for the last few years, and now he's just started smoking a lot of pot, and that that was making it easier. And, you know, uh, people do what they got to do. Like, I understand. Not my scene, though. Like, I am not a user of 
any drugs like pot or otherwise. Um, I don't like being around people who are intoxicated in any way. I don't like hanging out with drunk people, with high people. Um, if you're not like in your normal default sober state of mind, like we don't have a very good time together. So this is not a good sign. It's another red flag in a strike. Opioid and- addict. Big red flag. Big red flag. And Casually mentioning yeah. that on the first date. And I'm, I mean, even at the time I was like, this is going to be a good bad date story to <laughs> tell people, right? I'm getting something out of this. So I get back to his house and here's where I'm mad at previous gen. I must have gone into his house very briefly when I got there because for some reason I had to go into his house when we got back. I could have been murdered. I'm very upset with previous You had the gym. dogs. I had the dogs, but I must have, like, I think I had to change shoes. Like, there was something, but for some reason, like, when we started the date, which I still don't really remember... I clearly left something in his house because I had to go in. I would not have gone in if I didn't have to, but I clearly had like, I may have been like, oh, you know, if we're going to walk for a ways, I need to change shoes. I've got sneakers in the back and maybe left my other shoes like just inside the front door, but I had to go in. All right. Damn you, previous gen. Whatever. You did it for the story, man. I go into the house and there's a guy in the living room. An older guy, older than me, right? This guy's about my age. This guy's quite a bit older, uh, in scrubs, sitting in the living room watching TV. And the living room's like, you come in the front door, like you turn to the left, you're looking in the living room. Uh, Turns out it's the guy's dad, who's a physician. And so I thought this guy, part of my like, oh, he's really got his shit together. He's working hard. Is like, oh, he owns this house in Chevy Chase. Like, I couldn't buy a house like that in Chevy Chase. He must really be like doing well. No, he lives with his parents in the basement. His dad is in the living room watching TV. Dude disappears. Oh, I got to get something. Okay, fine. I had a lovely chat with the dad. <laughs> if, if I had to pick which one I would have had a good date with, the dad would have been a very nice guy to go on a date with, uh. even though he was, whatever, 20 years older than me. Uh, so then date guy comes back out, and he's like, hey, you know, I've got, a, I've got like treats for the dogs or something. Come in the kitchen. So I go into the kitchen, feeling safer because the dad's there, right? I'm not going to get murdered. Probably get killed in the kitchen. There's a woman in the kitchen cooking a fish in a pan. Cooking a fish. She was cooking a fish. This detail's good. It's the mom who I thought was dead. She's got pancreatic she's cancer. Fine. She died. No, she's she fine. She died. <laughs> this whole time I'm like, wow, this guy took care of his mom who died of pancreatic cancer. Like that's a very noble and painful thing to go through. No, mom was fine. She looked great. Maybe she had had pancreatic cancer at Maybe some point. Maybe not. Maybe not. But she didn't have it now. She looked real good. Looked healthy, cooking a fish in a pan. A fish. It was like a whole fish. And I very clearly remember the whole fish in a pan. Uh, yeah. He oh, asked boy. If I want to come down to his basement, because he lives in the basement. He literally lived in the basement. He literally lived in the oh, basement. Oh, my God. I'm like, nope, nope, gotta go. At some point in this, and I I don't even remember where it was at this point, he goes, we'd totally be making out right now if my parents weren't here. I'm sorry, are we 14? One, no, we would not. Two, what? No, no. 
So. So your dogs are like in his house. The dogs are in the house, house. on the leash. Okay. Yeah, in the house. So finally, I like go out to my car. Maybe that's where he said we'd totally be making out if my parents weren't here. Whatever. I'm like, and getting the fuck out of here. So, great. Date over. Free of this guy. Escape. Oh, no. Oh, no. I am not free of the guy. Because, so this date was in November. A few days later... I got the flu, like really bad, got the flu. There's like three or four days I don't remember. I was literally like crawling on hands and knees from my bedroom to the bathroom, like sliding down the stairs to let the dogs out. I didn't eat. Like I, it was this among the sickest I have ever been in my life. Uh, fever, just terrible. Uh, and it, I know, I remember it was then because Thanksgiving day, my fever kind of broke and it was like the first day that like I could get up and kind of, you know, I mean, I didn't feel good. Right. But I could like walk around the house a little bit and not pass out. Uh, like at some point I had passed out like on the, you know, your dad knows cause he lives in this house with me now in Maryland. Oh. I mean, it's like eight feet from the bedroom to the bathroom and I had passed out on the floor and just like laid there in between. Oof. I was really sick and it, you know, alone. Right. I didn't have any, you know, I was not in a relationship. I didn't have anybody really that could come take care of me. And so at some point, and I don't know if it was when I was that, like in the real depths of it, or, you know, it took, you know, a couple weeks to really get over that afterwards. So I don't know if it was like maybe that weekend after Thanksgiving, but dude starts texting me or emailing me, oh, we should go do this. And I'm like, no, man, no, I'm like ignoring him, not answering his text, not answering whatever. And finally, I'm like, I am sick. I'm going to need you to leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm sick. And he's like, oh, I can come over and take care of you. And I'm like, nope, nope, you can't. Don't want to see anybody. I am sick. And then he goes, I wouldn't come in, silly. He said, silly. I remember it. It's like more than 10 years later. And I still remember. I'm still angry that he called me silly. I wouldn't come in, silly. I'm just going to bring you some soup and I'll leave it on the front step. Just give me your address. Creepy fuck. Oh, my God. He was going to murder me. Just give me your address. I'll just Uh, leave the soup on the front step. It puts the bad lotion in the basket. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, no. (laughs) Leave me alone. His dad must have, like, read his text messages and been like, son, I think she really doesn't want to talk to you. You maybe just need to let this one go. (laughs) Maybe follow up with your high school girlfriend. Oh, my God. So anyway, that did eventually shut it down. When I was like, no, 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 leave me alone. Leave me alone. No, silly. No, silly. I'll just bring you some soup and leave it on your front step. (gasps) Just give me your address. Man, it's lucky you didn't have it. Oh, my God. Yeah, no kidding. Thank God we didn't go, like... Let's meet at my house for the date because he absolutely would have shown up. That was no accident. Yeah, that's right. That's a non-starter. For I mean, you. I was dumb about leaving something in his house, but I wasn't so dumb as to let him come to my house. Right. Man. Anyway, there you go. That is the Jen bad date story from the live show. Yep. Yep. Okay. No. That's that's it. You haven't talked at all in this podcast except to go. I've done red reactions. Flags. Red flags. <laughs> oh, I want to defend myself. I know oh, okay. how to hold a dog mm. in my arms. And when I was Easter Bunny, Hops was just really wriggly. <laughs> <laughs> she She's had, very squirmy. 
She had tried to escape the Easter Bunny several times when we took that picture. We Understandably, because it's terrifying. Yeah, and she was in that position for roughly half a second before on, you put her down. On her way falling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've had some good Halloween costumes. Easter Bunny was one of them. We were the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy was our group Yeah, costume. you were the hot Tooth Fairy, and I was the cover my whole head Easter Bunny. Jer Dad likes full body covering costumes like a full head thing, mascot style costume. Yep. You had the Easter Bunny, you had Shaun the Sheep. We were Bo Peep and Shaun the Sheep. Yep. 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 So. Yeah. Ghostbusters one year. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. Chloe, we were Cleopatra, Anthony and Cleopatra one year. That was good. Your costume was way better than mine that yeah, year. I think we ended up at some New Year's party and there was another dude dressed up as a Roman too. We there almost, was. Yeah. You had the same costume. We almost go and came into blows. <laughs> That's not true. It was. You know, I, we postured. Not true. Dude. You were drunk, I remember. I was drunk and I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, here's one other random thing to add. Even though we're not doing a conch life because no rules for this bonus podcast. Mm. Um, In conch life today, they have the story. So, all right. (laughs) If you need some bonus golden ratio content, we do our true crime podcast, which is like some, it's called Murders in Paradise, but it's also like ghosts and hauntings great title historical things we haven't done any actual murders for a while we did (laughs) we did did, uh jewish refugees in key west last episode and we did a ghost story the episode before that if it peripherally involves death it's fine and what doesn't indeed so one of our earlier episodes was on count carl von castle one of the more famous kind of stories from key west eye-rollingly weird story unbelievable actually just yeah and and some people like know it as like oh a great like tragic love story it is not it is a story about this creepy ass old dude who became obsessed with this poor young woman who had tuberculosis she had no interest in him she died he was obsessed with her and built her a mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery, visited it every night until he got tired of visiting it, at which point he carted her corpse off to his house where he lived with it and had sex with it for seven years until someone caught him. It is a story of like post-mortem lack of consent. It is disgusting and terrible and weird. He also built a spaceship that he was going to launch her butt. This is in like the... The 40s. He was going to launch her corpse into space, and the x-rays of space were going to bring her back to life. Um, Obviously, when he had her body in the house, it was decomposing, and so he stuffed her with rags, and he put this wax coating on her and painted her face. Eventually, he got caught because, like, a friend of the family saw him dancing with the corpse in front of the window at night. The corpse was displayed in Key West for, like, two weeks. People paid to see it before. Everything was a gig. He, uh, without getting too graphic, inserted a paper cone into her her bits so he could have his way with the corpse. And when he went on trial, he was acquitted because the statute of limitations had expired. He then left Key West. And today, on this date, he left Key West. And mysteriously, an hour or so after he left, the tomb that had been built for her in the Key West Cemetery was destroyed in a mysterious explosion. Right, because after they found her, they reburied her and said, you cannot have this in your home. It's a body. So they reburied her in the mausoleum. When he left, the mausoleum was 
Currently destroyed and I can't find the body anymore. Yeah, yeah, except when he did eventually die in his house in Zephyr Hills, Florida, a quote-unquote replica of her corpse was found in the house with him, so people think there's a decent chance that he paid someone off to take a like papier-mâché corpse and put it in the mausoleum and give him the actual corpse, which he took with him to Zephyr Hills. He thought if she was his chosen one. Yes, he had a vision from a dead relative when he was a young boy that he would marry an exotic raven-haired woman, and that was the love of his life. And then at some point, like in his freaking 50s, he meets this like 18, she was maybe 20-year-old girl who had tuberculosis, like keeps trying to court her while he like faked being a doctor and told his family he could cure her, which he could not, and she died, and then he took her corpse and had sex with her for seven years. Didn't leave her alone. No. So uh, anyway, on this date in Key West history, he exploded the mausoleum <laughs> as he escaped with the corpse to mainland Florida. Yep. If you'd like to know more about this extremely fucked up story, you can listen to the Count Carl von Castle episode of Murders in Paradise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we were both like, did you see the thing today? <laughs> like the, the newsletter we get in the email every day always has like today in Key West history. And so that was the one today. Yeah, sometimes they're just boring. Like, this weird-looking dude, you know, <laughs> died here. He was a pilot in the harbor. Yeah. Great. Good job, Mr. Geiger. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a good one. Today. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, there's full full books on it. We have a book that's like the diary of the guy, which is, like, made up. But there's so much stuff that portrays it as this, like, great undying love story. And it's not. Like, if she were alive, it would be rape. And she's dead, which I guess is not as bad, but it's <laughs> so cre- it is just creepy as fuck. Obsessive, bad. She was not in a relation with it relationship with him. She did not like the guy. She's like, who is this creepy dude who won't leave me alone? And then after she died, he's like, now you're mine. It's so screwed up. So it's not a love story. It's it is. A, it's toxic masculinity. It's oh, lack of consent. It's, so it's just, there's a lot of things. It's the whole community turning a blind eye for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's tons of stuff. There's even like a forensic files or a, one of those shows like about this. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, it's fairly well covered. It's a story that I knew before we started doing the podcast. And then I was like, oh, I forgot that was in Key West. Like that screwed up. German dude with the corpse. Yes. Yeah. He was German. Sorry. He was, yeah. Um, anyway, there you go. So the further reading slash listening slash whatever. No. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Bonus episode of the No Rules podcast. You're giving away more secrets. So many secrets. Can't, if we give away all our secrets, no one's going to listen to us anymore. Not true. That's how life is. Not true. Ugh. We'll be back on Thursday to give away more secrets, so stay tuned. And until then, wash your hands, stay at home, and don't put anyone in unless they ask you to. What else are they going to do but stay tuned? Not, we're not doing much else these days. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> but thank you. Bye. Bye.